Dionisio at the plate. He's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. everybody and welcome to another episode of rain delay theater i'm jeremy dionisio and i'm jack Sokowski. this is a show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games and uh, we are those two bums uh it is sunday may 3rd 2020 the uh quarantine rolls on this is episode uh number 76 the daniel garabai episode jack <laughs> Yeah, Daniel Garibay pitched uh, one season in the major leagues in uh, 2000. Uh, it was his age 27 season, so he took a little while to get to the big leagues. He uh, went two, uh, out of the bullpen. Oh, it looks like he pitched 30 games, started eight. Uh, he went two and eight, so he got 10 decisions with a 603 ERA in 74 and two-thirds innings, and then he was never heard from again. No, he could be dead for all we know. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, and in baseball reference, just didn't uh, just didn't catch it. Yeah, um, right. That's true. Uh, let, let's see here. Yeah, he never even played in the minor leagues again after that uh, after that short stint. And it doesn't even say that he played in uh, in Mexico because it looks like he he was playing mostly in Mexico before uh, before he came over to the Cubs. So uh, yeah, Daniel Daniel Garibay, uh, you know wherever you are. Uh, Thank you for your bad contributions to the 2000 Cubs. <laughs> I I wanted to uh, you know pick Daniel Garibay for this episode because I happen to remember him uh, because he was a, a man small in stature. Um, he was five eight. 154 pounds, and I, Jack, I remember thinking like that was about like my. Uh, those were about my vitals in 2000, and I was uh-huh. thinking like Jesus, like. If this guy again, it's one of those things where it's like this guy's in the majors. Like shit, I should have I shouldn't have quit my high school ba- baseball team. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, you know, yeah, he uh, he he's certainly a, a kind of a shrimp. Did you know that they're listing uh, Marcus Stroman as five seven now? Oh, really? They are. Yeah, I, yeah. So so it is possible, Jeremy. And yeah, uh, this guy being a lefty Garibay, uh, I could see why you were uh, enamored. Uh, with him um yeah. uh yeah i was i was gonna say what, are, what jeremy what are your vitals in 2020 but you don't have to you don't have to give me those well hey listen the you know the uh the quarantine's going on i think we might have all been uh I, i'll say this i think my steps for the day like if i break a thousand steps it's uh a big deal no. <laughs> so it, it's bad it's bad it's not good no. um yeah well, Daniel Garibay and that Cubs team, Jeremy. Just for the record, they went. Um, I'm looking up their record right now. They went 65 and 97 under yeah. Don Baylor. Wow. Yeah, um, it was, not, it was a dark very... time. <laughs> um, well, we have a, a a pretty cool episode here for you. We're going to talk about comeback players of the year. Um, but Jeremy, you wanted to touch on uh, the KBO a little bit first. Yeah. Well, speaking of coming back, I guess or comebacks. Uh, there is some baseball that's coming back. The KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization, I believe it stands for, uh-huh. um, is starting up uh, this upcoming week. Uh, and last we had heard, there's unfortunately been no new updates in the last couple of days, but ESPN seemed to be like on the verge of uh, reaching an agreement to broadcast KBO games, um, which would be awesome uh, just to have any sort of you know baseball. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, uh, uh, it would be it would be something to follow. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, hey, uh, some of those guys played in the major leagues or are former minor leaguers. Um, you know, some of the Korean guys are probably uh, pretty good and maybe future major leaguers. So uh, it's, it's high level baseball. What do they compare it to about double A uh, in the uh, major in terms of the majors? Yeah, I think that that's the uh, like conversion rate uh, okay. that I used to hear. Um, so Jack, I don't know if you looked like, uh, MLB trade rumors posted a good article, like, uh, like a primer for the KBO uh, season. And they listed all the former MLB players that are in the league. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> I mean, this is like, you know, a, a no stars, uh, roster, but, uh, it's interesting to see. So Nick Kingham, um, sure. who was, uh, yeah, a, a pirates prospect. I, I didn't I'm even know it. Yeah, I didn't even know that he was out of the majors. Um, Ty- yeah, former pirate, former Blue Jay, maybe I think too. Oh, was he? Okay. 
Might have been, might have been. Um, Byung-ho Park, who, like, came from Korea and was, like, supposed to make a big splash with the Twins, never really did. Uh, yeah, so he, he was a first baseman, right? Yep. Yeah, big guy, too. I think he's, like, 6'5 or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taylor Motter is in the league. Uh, Car- Casey Kelly, who uh, bounced around with the Cubs uh, system. Uh, Aaron Altair. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. Um, Preston Tucker, which is too sad because, uh, I mean, who knows if Kyle Tucker is ever going to do anything with the Astros, but Preston <laughs> Tucker won't be around to see it because he'll be in Korea. Um, <laughs> Jack, you'll like this guy who's playing for the Samsung Lions one Tyler Saladino. Oh, Tyler Saladino. What do you, what do you know? Um, yeah, I, uh, it's, I, I guess he just gave up on his major league dream, at least for a couple of years. I mean, you know, go to Korea and be somewhat of a, you know, <laughs> serviceable player as opposed to, you know, bumming around the States and trying to crack the MLB, you know? Well, uh, you know, uh, Eric Thames went over there and hit like you know sixty home runs and and got the nickname God and then he signed a three year fifteen million deal with the Brewers so <laughs> maybe that's what uh, maybe that's what Saladino is going for uh, you know who knows Jeremy I, I wonder if he's will be able to catch this on TV but uh, if you'll if he's still going to be using his uh, his Ugh. seemingly self made dance club music uh, as he walks <laughs> up to the plate yeah that's uh, I would hope that that wouldn't fly in Korea but. Uh... The, the country that brought a Psy Gangnam style. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that kind of rounds it out. Dan Straley's also in this list. Oh, wow, um, okay. So, yeah. That's kind of depressing. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be good. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I will take KBO baseball. Um, I would welcome it uh, for lack of anything else. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It'll be interesting when they start uh, when they start broadcasting uh, broadcasting that stuff. And you mentioned that to me, Jeremy, before we started recording, that Joe Kelly uh, had broadcasted something as well. <laughs> yeah, there was a video. Um, I don't know if it was on his Instagram. I think it was on his Instagram. But I guess there's a video of Joe Kelly uh, that he posted or his wife posted or something uh, of him. Like he's in his like backyard and he has this big weird like net thing that almost looks like one of those like uh the 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 basketball game where you like uh throw shoot the baskets and then it rolls back to you you know yeah i forgot what that thing's called but um it kind of almost looks like that but it's like a pit it seems like it's a pitching net or something and so he's like he has it uh in his backyard it's like um you know he's throwing into it and like the the house is behind it and he's like he was like working on a change up or something and he uh-huh. threw a pitch and he like floated it or like like airmailed it and it broke one of his windows oh nice and it's pretty funny and like he he throws it he it it completely misses the net which is gigantic and uh-huh. and you hear a crunch like a crash and he like kind of puts his hands in there like oh no and oh, then, God. then like the video picks up with like his wife like filming inside of the house, and like they see like a you know broken window and glass, and the ball like sitting in his like you know bedroom floor or something. Oh Jesus! It's pretty funny. It's just like man, Joe Kelly can't even catch a break like in the you know in the off season or in the uh, the in shutdown. the quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I guess he did always have command problems. So yeah. That's not uh, not surprising. And he was a, he's a hard thrower though. Yeah, I th- this net was giant. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> try to you know hunt down that video because it's 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 bad. It's like a real indictment. It's like something. It's like if I tried to throw a curveball. Anytime I've tried to like throw with a curveball grip, it's like you know gone like twelve feet in the air. So. Yeah, no, yeah, the, the this net, Jeremy, this giant net sounds like it's it's almost as big as the strike zone Greg Maddox was given. <laughs> possibly, quite possibly, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, all right, so so Jeremy, should we get into our uh, uh, comeback players of the year? We, uh, I went back to about 2005. We picked our top five guys uh, from that list. So uh, so yeah, do you want to do you want to do it, Jeremy? Do you want to kick us off? Okay, yeah, sure. You only went to two, 2005. Yeah, wh- wh- when did you go back to? I went I went back to 2000. Okay, cool. Um, well, I, I I was able to get five pretty good guys from the last fifteen years, but uh, okay, yeah. I mean, if you got if you got one pre two thousand five, that's okay too. Only like through an asterisk. Um. So ah. so yeah, but uh. So yeah, we were trying to look for like a um, you know, a list of awards uh 
uh, award winners to uh, kind of, uh, you know, sift through and rank and re- revisit history or something. And uh, the Comeback Player of the Year was kind of an interesting one because uh, in order to, like, kind of understand the Comeback Player of the Year, you kind of have to, like, look at what they did the year, what happened to them the year, the year before that, you know, designates a quote-unquote comeback, you know. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of pitchers on the on the list, and you can kind of assume that a lot of them were coming back from Tommy John surgery. Um, but you know, some, you know, and a lot of times they were coming back from a bad injury. Um, sometimes they were just coming back from a bad season. Uh, so it, it kind of, uh, you know, I think it it at least made me have to like, kind of look at like, you know, the career timeline and see like why they actually won this comeback player of the year award. So it's interesting. um, It's kind of an inherently, uh, strange award, you know, like it basically, it basically tells the guy that like, Hey, you had a bad year last year, yeah. Exactly. Um, but you did good this year. You know, yeah, Jeremy, like you said, a lot of the times it's mainly just a guy coming back from injury. I, I saw Buster Posey on the list. He might have been 2012's Comeback Player of the Year in the National League. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I assume that was the, the year after he broke his leg. Um, but, yeah, you know, there, there's some interesting ones on there. There's some good names. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who we both come up with here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's, uh, let's do that. Let's get started. Uh, do you want to go first, Jack? Yeah, sure. Why not, Jeremy? Uh, and I, I think I got a good one for number one. Uh, wait, wait, hold, 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 hold on. We should go five to one, yeah? Sure. You know, honestly, mine were uh, not really kind of in, in any you particular order. So I'm just going to do – I'm just going to just gonna kind of list them off, Jeremy, if, okay. that's, if that's okay with you. That's cool. I ranked mine one to five. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> well, we'll, just, we'll have this be number five. Just because, uh, just because, why not? So this is uh, 2006. Okay. Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, <laughs> National League, Nomar Garcia Para. Now, Jeremy, I don't r- really give a damn what Nomar Garcia Para <laughs> did in 2005. I looked it up. He played like 60 games, did whatever, and I think oh, the next year too. I know very well what he did in 05. Because he was on the Cubs, Jeremy, right? What's that? Because he was on the Cubs, right? Uh, yes, and so I'm about to get to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so 2006, I think he had a good year. Uh, without looking at his stats off the top of my head, I want to say maybe he hit like 303 in 2006. But uh, that's not that's not the best part, Jeremy. So uh, Nomar Garcia Para allegedly saved two drowning women uh, uh. Uh, on October 12th of 2005. This story was published by ESPN. Jeremy, I'm just gonna read this story. It's pretty short. It's only a couple paragraphs long. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this story for us here. Okay, uh, so this is a, from the Associated Press. Former Red Sox shortstop Nomar Garcia Para rescued two women who had fallen into Boston Harbor late last week. His uncle and a witness told the Boston Herald, Garcia Para traded to the Chicago Cubs on July 31st of 2004 was in his Charleston condominium with his uncle at about 10 p.m. Friday when they heard a scream and a splash, said the uncle, Victor Garcia Parra. As soon as the all-star shortstop and two-time American League batting champ ran out the door to help the woman, her friend also fell in, hitting her head on the pier, said Victor Garcia Parra, who oversees his nephew's businesses and charitable, charitable ventures. Victor Garcia Parra jumped from the balcony to the water 20 feet below. I swam towards them, and by the time I reached them, Nomar was already there holding the girls up, he told the newspaper, but he couldn't get them without help. One woman had a large bump on her head and appeared to be unconscious, he said. When she came to, the first thing she said was, Are you Nomar? Victor Garcia Parra said. The two men pulled the women from the water. Their husbands arrived and whisked them off to the hospital before the Garcia Parras even got their names, he said. Johnny O'Hara of Natick witnessed the incident from his boat a bunch of us came running over and sure enough pulling the two girls from the water was noma he told the newspaper it was crazy noma was like jumping over walls to get to the girls and the other guy leaped off the balcony it was unbelievable nomar garcia para was unavailable for comment his uncle said okay so that story is fucking bullshit right (laughs) yeah for sure the only people like they like victor garcia para is like they had to have made this up like uh you know what <laughs> there's there's just so much to unpack here but so his uncle like what what do they they call the associated press and like like first of all like him saving not one woman but two women is uh is hard to believe but the fact that like his uncle who i can only assume is probably about 20 years older than him at least yeah jumps 20 feet off of a balcony into the water to like to help 
Right. Um, uh, and like the fact that these two, like their husbands arrived and whisked them off to the hospital before the Garcia Paras got their names. But like, wouldn't wouldn't the women be like, hey, like you know, husbands, this is Nomar Garcia Para, but like, <laughs> nope, like they just got like they just got whisked off to the hospital, like they're just gone. They never got their names, um, and then like they 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 find this meatball, like who is supposedly like watching from his <laughs> boat, um, and like this guy, you know, he's, he was on his boat at 10 p.m. at night. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, there's just there's a there's a lot there. That's a good story. <laughs> Yeah, Jack. Okay, so I I do kind of remember this story. Um, I, I do. Okay, so my whole thing with Nomar is that the Cubs got him, and like I remember at the time when they got him, it was like, oh my god, I can't believe that the Cubs got Nomar Garcia Power. This is insane. This is like the you know the the missing piece of the puzzle. Like we're gonna do uh, great things because that was in 04, So it's like, all right, you know, we didn't make it in 03. 04, he's gonna be our savior. Uh, and then um. I guess in 05, he like, he, he got injured, which I want to get back. I want to go come back to his injury in 05. Um, but so then I was still salty about it and he, he never made it back. The Cubs didn't do shit in 04 and 05. Um, and, uh, well, 04, they, they, they crapped away the lead. Uh, 05, I don't even know how close they were. I think they were crap that year. And so I, I was of course salty at Nomar Garcia power. And I remember the story coming out and thinking like what this guy couldn't come back for the Cubs, but he's like rescuing people from drowning. Uh, so that was my <laughs> angle on the story. Um, um, but like, you know, I, yeah, I do kind of remember that story, but yeah, it is, it is the recounting the details now, uh, what, like, uh, f- 15 years later, um, it, it reeks, it reeks of all kinds of like red flags and, and fishiness. Um, because yeah, like it, yeah. How did this story get out then? They just like the, the Garcia Parra is like, by the way, and this uncle, whatever, whatever his name is, like he's a, I'm sure he's a complete jock sniffer too for, for Nomar. I mean, oh, he's, absolutely. he's running his charity. So like Nomar probably throws him like, you know, like probably was throwing him like 40 grand a year to like be like, yeah, here, uncle, uh, just, uh, ma- you know, make sure to stamp all these checks and deposit them in the bank, you know, like, uh, so, so that right there is, is shady in and of itself. But yeah. So like, presumably the only way the story could have come out is if either the uncle Nomar or this fucking uh, mass Johnny hole. O'Hara. Yeah, this mass hole, whatever he, whoever he is, <laughs> um, like reported this to the to the uh, to the news. So, yeah, it, it uh, it's all kinds of uh, fishy. Yeah, and you you would think that the women would have come forward after the story came out and be like, yeah, he's the one, he's the one who saved us, but right? Like, uh, or no. could, couldn't they like have contacted like local Boston uh, hospitals to see if they treated anyone who had fallen into the whatever the Charles River or wherever it was. Like, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's bizarre for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was my, uh, that was my pick, Jeremy. Um, you know, and in, in lieu of actually talking about Garcia Power's previous season, I figured, uh, that would be a good one to bring up. Well, sure. And, and I will talk about his previous season. So, um, so, so do you remember his injury in 2005, no, Jack? I, I don't remember that. No, he tore his groin. And like, not only did he tear his groin, but like they, they talked about it. Like he, like he hit a ground ball to like short, like the third base or shortstop. And he was running. He took like two steps out of the batter's box to first base and he just like collapsed. And he like had this like, you know, gruesome, like pain face of agony on his, on his face. And, uh, he had a, a real, like a super severe groin injury. He like separated his groin from the bone. Basically they said, and, uh, it spawned one of the best like things from the Boers and Bernstein radio show here in Chicago on uh, six seventy the score. They called the injury. They like they were kind of quoting like a news story that came out about this this the story about the injury afterwards, where they referred to his injury as like I don't I, I think they're they 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 caricaturized it a, a little bit, but they called it red bursting crotch dots. Oh Jesus! So like it's theoretically like he like ruptured the 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 groin and like he probably had like uh what is it called sub hematoma or something like the sure. like, bleeding below the skin. So I think he had like these like blotches of like these bruised blotches on his like groin after this injury. Oof. 
Um, so you can only imagine how painful that was. Yet I was still mad at him for not, you know, coming back and helping the O five <laughs> Cubs. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's how I remember Nomar. Like for for like a second, it seemed like oh my god, the Cubs fleeced the Red Sox. Uh, things are going to turn around. This organization is actually like real and a competitor. And he tears his groin, and you know the Cubs were back to futility for another decade. So. Uh, essentially, I know they made two World Series, but or two uh, playoffs, but they won no games under Lou Pinella. So anyway, um, so that's good. I'm glad you brought him up, Jack, because he was on my list to mention, uh, but he didn't make my top uh, five. Okay. Um, who one who who did make my top five though was uh 2008's comeback American League comeback player of the year Cliff Lee. Oh yeah, okay, Cliff Lee, right? Uh, the old the old Southpaw. So yeah, and so. The, the 2008 season for Cliff Lee, uh, where his name comeback player of the year. I mean, honestly, I feel like it kind of, it kind of spurned the like, or spurred the, uh, the kind of, uh, period of dominance that Cliff Lee had, albeit short as, as it was, um, relatively short, I guess he, he, I don't know. He did. He kind of, kind of ended on top a little bit, but he, he, he put together, I would say like, uh, six, uh, maybe more than that. Four or five. Six, yeah. Six good years. I would say. Um, for, to to round out his career, but his 2008 numbers, he went 22 and three, Oof. with a 2.54 ERA, um, two shutouts. Uh, he was never he never had like astronomical strikeout totals, but one thing that always sticks out to Cliff uh, about Cliff Lee to me is his like minuscule walk numbers. Yeah, he always like walked very few guys, and so this year uh, in 2008. He pitched 223 and a thirds innings, and he wow. only walked 34 guys. Oh wow, that's yeah, that's hard. That's hardly any. Yeah, I mean that's wild. Uh, the next that, year, that... he pitched uh, 231 and walked 43. Um, uh, in 2010, 2010 is almost one of the craziest ones. He pitched 212 innings, and he only walked 18 guys. Oh wow, what a what a zone pounder. Yeah, exactly, and and the ERAs were were low. They were sub, uh, all of them were three twenty two or lower. So he had a an amazing run. Like I think it's even more overlooked than like you know Roy Halladay's run. And um, so that that year two thousand eight was kind of what kicked it off. Like I mean, he pitched uh twenty games the previous year, had a six twenty nine ERA for Cleveland. Um, so I don't know if he was injured. He only, yeah, like I said, he only started 20 games. I don't know if he was injured or just bad. Um, so, but to go from a 629 ERA to a 254 with 20, with 22 wins and then have like a, you know, six year run of dominance, I think, you know, I would say that's a good qual uh, a quality comeback player of the year pick there for, in, for Cliff Lee in 08. Yeah, that, that's good. And it's always interesting to see a pitcher go from like being complete garbage to, uh, you know, a guy who has a, a two point something ERA in the span of a year. I mean, Jake Arrieta did it. Um, you know, he hasn't exactly had the run of dominance that Cliff Lee had. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's always it's always kind of cool to see to see guys like that. Um, yeah. So Cliff Lee, uh, Jeremy, that's a solid pick for your number five. Yep. Uh, so for me, uh, for my number four, um, I'm going to go uh, for Aaron Hill. All right, nice. The, yeah, it was the comeback player of the year in 2009 uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Aaron Hill to, turned into kind of a journeyman. Uh, played uh, with after the after the Blue Jays played with Arizona, Milwaukee, Boston, San Francisco uh, up to 2017 uh, when he was done. But yeah, 2009 uh, he had an outstanding year. However, I, I, it's kind of odd to call Aaron Hill the comeback player of the year uh, mm-hmm. because like. What, what was he coming back from? Like, his whole career was just, like, at, like he wasn't coming back from anything, you know? Like, for me, like, you know, a comeback player of the year would – and this isn't always the case, but it would imply that, like, he was something, he fell off, and then he became something again. But, like, Aaron Hill was never nothing, man. He wasn't yeah. coming back from anything. He wasn't coming back from anything. Um, yeah, exactly. But he had a good year. He, uh, <laughs> he played in 158 games, made the All-Star team, 36 homers, 108 RBIs. Uh, and a 286 average he would never approach those numbers again he uh he hit 26 home runs two other times uh in later years uh 2010 and 2012 but uh but yeah he uh just just for this one year Aaron Hill was was dominant not quite like not quite Brady Anderson-esque but uh but yeah he uh he just had one really good season for the Blue Jays 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, he was um he made my short list just because of the uh anomaly of of that that one year. Um but yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like yeah, he was coming back from just being a guy, I guess. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he did play 55 games the year before, and then the two previous years before that, he played 160 and 155, so maybe he missed some time. Maybe they sent him down to the minors. I mean, I don't know, but uh, but yeah, and sadly, um, with numbers, with, with kind of like number uh, discrepancies like that, you, you, you know, of course, it raises some red flags. Um, but yeah, Aaron Hill was like, never, yeah, never, never what he was that year. And, uh, I, I, pr- I'm pretty sure that I drafted him on my fantasy team the year after that. <laughs> and he was, you know, not as good. Yeah. I guess you, you, you bought high on that one. Exactly. You know? yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Aaron Hill, that's my pick for, uh, for, for number four. And then one more thing, Jeremy, when I Googled Aaron Hill, my father, Walter Hill. I was like, Walter Hill, the yeah. director. Yeah, I'm right. Like, no, no. It, 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 uh, his father isn't Walter Hill, the director. He's just another Walter Hill. <laughs> uh, so that was kind. Of, that was kind of a letdown. Um, what, what did Walter that, Hill do? Like, uh, uh, in the heat of Christ, the night or something? I'm trying, I'm trying to remember his his most famous movie. I'm look it up. Let's he did. See, he did. He did cop movies. I know what. I know he did yeah. Trespass with uh, Ice Cube and Ice T. Oh, uh, uh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, which wait, which movie is that, Jeremy? I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I might be confusing him, but I think he did Trespass with uh, Ice Cube and yeah, ST, the yeah, movie yeah. we watched uh, together. And Bill Paxton is in that one too, right? Yeah, Bill Paxton uh, and Bill Pullman. Maybe not Bill Pullman, yeah. but uh, no, it's uh, it, William Forsyth. Yeah, William Forsyth. Okay, yeah. And so the, it's those two guys, uh, they go into like some abandoned building to look for gold. And then like Ice Cube and Ice-T are trying to we may have talked about this on the podcast but i'm not sure anyway i'm gonna go i'm gonna talk about it now but so like ice cube and ice t are there for some reason i can't remember and like uh ice t like at one point he goes i just want to know what these two white boys are doing man and so then like they finally they finally confront each other at the end of the movie and then like ice t asks him like what they're doing and uh, one of the two guys bill paxton he says we're looking for gold and ice t goes gold you crazy and then he fucking shoots him uh, or like he tries to shoot him but it's like yeah, yeah. bill paxton told him the truth like ice t wanted to know what they were doing there bill yes. paxton told them yes. and then ice t just didn't believe them yeah. so <laughs> yeah so there you go that's the that's the movie trespass in a nutshell sorry for the spoilers everybody yeah i, I believe the line jack is uh gold it's all about the gold and then ice t goes gold you crazy man <laughs> yeah and she's yeah <laughs> um that was a big hit um of the of the apartment where i lived in with a uh, past guest uh ben perkins oh yeah um, okay, we okay watched I can the, yeah we watched that movie yeah i could see ben liking that movie for sure yeah um i got his imd imdb pulled up uh he did another 48 hours brewster's millions uh the warriors uh, four and forty-eight hours, I should say. Um, and uh, Red Heat. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, Red Heat. Sure, I've seen that. Red Heat. Uh, that's with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? I believe so. And uh, Belushi, yeah. right? Yeah, Belushi and Schwarzenegger. That's right. There's some guy has a line in that where he says, "Nothing's hotter than Chicago in August." Um, so yeah. <laughs> that's and he's right. That's a total like this. Whoever the screenwriter was for that, like, was just like. Uh, let me say something about Chicago that sounds like I know Chicago. <laughs> it's like, what place isn't hot in August? But <laughs> anyway, um, all right, cool. All right, so uh, Aaron, I, I like that we were able to springboard from Aaron Hill to talking about Trespass, the movie. Uh, yeah, that was a success. Um, all right, so my uh, number four is uh, sticking with um, tall, uninteresting pitchers. Um, and I am picking the 2014 American League Comeback Player of the Year, Chris Young. Oh, okay, Chris now, Young, yeah. Now the uh, Princeton educated Chris Young, Ivy League educated. Um, so not only and Chris Young is like now like uh in the front or is like part like works for MLB like uh the MLB like front office or like you know whatever like he's he has a you know specialized job with MLB or whatever. Right. Sure. Uh, um, but not only is Chris Young like a uh, kind of unremarkable play like guy as a player, and like certainly has Jack. Do you know SEO? What SEO stands for? 
No. Search engine optimization. Okay. So like, you know, when you like create, uh, you know, a, a band or a business or something and you call it like, you know, gyms, it's like, well, that's not really <clears throat> SEO. Like, like, because if you search, try to search that, it's going to bring up, you know, a million, uh, uh, other businesses to quote uh i know jack you're always quoting movies i'll quote my own uh action movie one of the few that i can quote heat <laughs> when uh pacino says search search the database for slick you'll get the record you'll get the phone book search it anyway <laughs> <laughs> um nice so if you try to search chris young there's a million chris young's out there there was an actor chris young who was in the great outdoors uh okay. in the 80s but not only is chris young not search engine optimized but he's not even searchable in mlb players because there's another chris young Oh, yeah, there's the outfielder, right? Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, Chris Young, uh, the pitcher, um, he, uh, let's see. So, he was the 2014 Comeback Player of the Year with Seattle at age 35. He had a um, a good season, uh, and I think Seattle contended for the playoffs at that, that year. I'd have to, let me pull up, uh, let me try to cross-reference Seattle uh, season that year. Um, I think they maybe made a run and then fell. Uh, they did. They, they only finished like one game out of the wild card, though, so they were close, I think. Okay, yeah. So they they had a, a resurge, like a, a, a run that year. Um, and Chris Young, like I think they might have had some other guys. Uh, Cliff Lee might have. No, I don't think Cliff Lee was on that team, but they they had. I feel like they had some contributions from unlikely heroes. But anyway, Chris Young did not pitch at all in the 2013 season, and um, I mean, yeah, never really. You know, I guess he it looks like he was an all-star in 2007. The only thing I re- really kind of knew Chris Young for was he got into a he he got into a brawl with Derek Lee. I don't know if you remember that, Jack. No, I don't. That's two big ass tall guys in a fight. It was and um you know, you, I I'm surprised that neither one of them got signed by the Dodgers uh after that fight because they were both dodging each other's punches. Oh, uh, were they really? It was like two guys. It was clearly another one of those baseball brawls where neither guy wanted to have a piece of the other guy at all. Right. And right. they it like sounds, sounds like the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, so that that's kind of what I knew Chris Young for. But anyway, he he didn't pitch. He had a let's see, um, he had pitched a combined eight games in 2010 and 11. He, he pitched 20 games in 2012 for the Mets. Uh, with a 4.15 ERA, didn't pitch it all in 2013, then comes back out of nowhere and has a good year for the Seattle Mariners, um, and even signed with the Royals after that in 2015, a year that yeah, they. Yeah, I want to uh, say he was pitching in the playoffs for the Royals that year, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, he he kind of came back and had a, a two-year run at least, um, and uh, it all started with that 2014 season. And so, like, yeah, I, again, I think like. Uh, <clears throat> That was a kind of a lesser known guy, but a worthy comeback player of the year award. Like that's the kind of, to me, like I like that kind of comeback player of the year because it's a guy who like, you know, never would have won Cy Young. Uh, You know, I don't think he was a rookie of the year contender. Um, So this is about the best award that this guy could ever win. Uh, And so, yeah, 2014's comeback player of the year, Chris Young. All right, Chris Young. Um, uh, well, my number three, Jeremy, uh, is a, a guy who, yeah, was never going to win an MVP uh, as well. Um, uh, and he is Carlos Pena. Very nice. Uh, t- 2007 Tampa Bay Devil Rays. All right. Um, he had uh, what I believe his agent, Scott Boris, called the greatest season in Devil Rays history. <laughs> um, up to that point, he uh, had 46 home runs, 121 RBIs, uh, and a 282 average to go along with 103 walks, too, which is pretty good. I don't remember Carlos Pena being a guy who drew a ton of walks. Uh, but yeah, so he, um, uh, he, uh, he had a good year there. So that sort of in, in Cliff Lee type fashion, sort of kicked off a, a, a run of a couple good years for Carlos Pena. He had a, a that was the beginning of three straight seasons of thirty uh, plus home runs and uh, one hundred plus RBIs. Uh, and I want to say in twenty eleven, Jeremy he signed with the Chicago Cubs, and I think they gave him like a one year ten million dollar deal or something like that. Um, yep. So uh, so yeah, I mean he uh, he made pretty good for himself just having that one uh, that one really really good year. Yeah, I was going to say, um, <clears throat> you know, in part of that, uh, partially due to that year, the Cubs 
you know, maybe spent some bad money on, on Carlos Pena for one year. Although, uh, <laughs> you know, what one year contract is bad, I guess, when you look at it. Um, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I will say that uh, the average, he hit 282 that year and he hit 46 homers. You can't beat that. That's amazing. Uh, the yeah. average uh, sunk like a stone after that. Uh, oh yeah, and he kind of seemed to like maybe only care about uh, you know hitting homers. So the strikeout numbers, you know, were astronomical. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I looked into that to uh, to uh, Carlos Pena prior to that season as well because he made my short list and he was actually demoted to the minors at one point with the Oof. Tigers. He signed with the Red Sox and I think uh, was like or they they picked him off off of waivers. Yeah, he was demoted in twenty in two thousand five <clears throat> and then released at the be- at the beginning of the 06 season. Uh, oh, caught wow. on with the Red Sox for a couple of, uh, weeks seemingly. You know, didn't do much, and then uh, I think was probably you know released and signed with the Devil Rays, and yeah, had a had a good year. Um, made himself some money because of that. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So he, uh, uh, yeah, Jeremy, and I, I remember that. See, I don't think that Cubs team was any good in 2011. I can count. Uh, but, I can guarantee um, you it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, Carlos Pena hit 286 <laughs> home runs uh, in his career. Uh, I guess that's not that bad. And he is uh, he is done playing baseball now. His last year was 2014. But uh, yeah, you know uh, he had just a dreadful year. Uh, the year before, hit one home run and three RBIs in the bigs. So to go from one home run to 46 uh, is pretty crazy. And uh, that's why he's my number three. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, uh, I'm not convinced he wasn't a steroid guy, but uh, yeah. why, why rain on the parade? Uh, right, uh, right, right. Now. <laughs> um, all right, Jack. Pretty good. Um, so I have a, a bit of a, a loophole here for my um, number three, and uh, quite honestly, this could have been number one. Um, but uh, I think the guy's a you know human turd, um, so I didn't want to put him any higher than number three. In fact, I was uh-huh. gonna I was gonna put him number two, and then I even bumped him down to there. Uh, and that is Chris Carpenter. Oh, Chris Carpenter, Jeremy. Yeah. Why Why do you think he's a human turd? Oh, he's just, he just seems like a complete asshole. Um, uh, uh, there's, uh, oh, uh, I'm trying to think. I This video, I just pulled this video up for some reason. Now I can't, kind of forget exactly what it was. But um, I think he might have had like a running over the mound situation too. Okay, oh, like Miles Michaelis? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, but there was something where like a guy flew out. Uh, I want to say it was in the 2011 uh World Series. Uh, let me see if I can vamp here um, and uh, pull up this video uh, while I'm talking. Um, but he, someone flew out to deep, uh, uh, like right center, and he like was like, like saying like "fuck you," like "go fuck yourself" or something to the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah, I think I remember this, Jeremy. I think you showed me that video on time. Yeah, I can't. I, the details escape me now. But uh, the guy always seemed like a complete asshole and it didn't help that he was a cardinal and maybe that is informing part of my decision but uh i couldn't stand the guy but i i gotta give credit where credit is due he had two so i'm picking the reason why i say he's an asterisk is because he won twice he won comeback player of the year twice um and it was a guy that just you know was good against the cubs uh, on a cardinals team that always was dominant against the cubs during his career um and uh, he's like the he's like a cockroach. Like he 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 kept coming back as a player, basically. Um, right. He want so he wanted in 04 uh, with the Cardinals, and again in 09. Um, I kind of put his 04 um, victory as kind of his better of the comeback players of the year. So if I had uh-huh. to pick a, for one, it would be for the 04 season. Because yeah. okay, so 04 before that, he was the guy with the uh, Blue Jays, and like he couldn't do shit like i think he was like a highly touted prospect had like an era it's seeming seemingly like in the very high fours if not low fives uh for his career uh, up into 2002 i think they said that roy halliday kind of worked with him and helped him uh yeah. you know get better basically but he missed the whole 03 season uh comes over to the the um cardinals in 04 and uh has a 15 and 5 record with a 346 era uh, 
and uh, you know was dominant for for many years thereafter, um, or well for several years thereafter. Then he uh, stumbled again, and he belt, uh, battled injuries in 07 and 08, and came back and won the player uh, comeback player of the year again in 09. Uh, so the guy was like a cockroach basically, and uh, you know like him or not, uh, he kind of embodies what it is to be comeback player of the year. Uh, and doing it, tw- having you know, coming back twice, uh, you tip your hat to him. Uh, I still think he's a turd, but uh, he's my <laughs> number three pick. Uh, yeah, he's got to be the only guy, Jeremy, who ever won that award twice. You know, he's like the he's like the Barry Bonds of comeback player of the year. Yeah, exactly. In uh, in the um, you know, span that we were looking at, he was certainly the only guy. So, for sure. Well, uh, yeah, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good pick, Jeremy. Uh, so yeah, Chris Carpenter, he had not only one, uh, not one but two bad years to come back from. So uh, cool, yeah, that's a, that's a good one, Jeremy, for number for number two or for number three. Three. Um, uh, all right, let's see. Uh, so for my number two, Jeremy, um, uh, I had uh, where the hell is he now? I'm looking I'm looking at my list here. Um, uh, oh yeah, I had uh, I had David Price. Um, oh, interesting. In 2018. Now, Jeremy, that seems like kind of a, a strange pick, I should say. But uh, the reason I picked him was because, uh, Jeremy, David Price was making like $30 million um, in 2018. So, like, if a guy's making $30 million, like, he shouldn't be the comeback player of the year. Yeah. Um, he should just use that, that. That should just be what's expected of him. Now, uh, you know, David Price, I think he was he was coming off of an injury. He had only pitched like maybe six games a year before. Let me pull up his numbers here. Yeah, sixteen. But, uh, I got. I got yeah, him right here. I mean, here. Uh, my point here <clears throat> is that uh, that when a guy, um, you know, when a guy wins comeback player of the year, he should. Uh, it it should be some guy like I guess my number one is gonna be. You know, like it shouldn't. It shouldn't be a guy like David Price who's making thirty million dollars a year. You know, that you yeah. should just be expected to do good. You shouldn't get like an award because you you did okay. Yeah, that's fair. And I think um <clears throat> I think uh this is also post like all his like kind of like uh public meltdowns uh with the Boston media and just kind of like looking bad and kind of buckling to the pressure of the you know playing in a big big city. Um D- David Price seem used to be uh like kind of like one of the more like happy go lucky kind of like uh laid back kind of funny fun-loving guys in the majors uh like he used to like tout his dog around a lot and he seemed like you know all sunshine and smiles in in tampa bay when there was like no pressure on him uh and then he goes to boston and just completely turns into a another asshole basically um yeah um i mean yeah there was a whole thing with dennis eckersley where he got in dennis eckersley's face about something yeah on the on the on the team charter flight uh for i think uh, oh yeah because <laughs> we i did we talk about this on the podcast recently uh, i don't know if we talked about it recently okay well like he so david price was uh talking was it rick was it who was the pitcher was it um steven wright the like knuckleball pitcher was like on a rehab assignment um yeah. <clears throat> and uh they were showing his numbers like on his on a rehab stint like in Pawtucket or something and he got he got rocked in a rehab stint and uh you know Don Orsillo or something the play-by-play guy was announced was like running re- reading his line and Dennis Eckersley goes like ugh like that <laughs> <laughs> based on the line he had given up like i don't know six runs and three innings or something and then right. da- then David Price like confronted him about it and like David Price like i mean you know, <clears throat> just a complete dick move. It's like, I okay, you're going to, like, stick up for your guy, but, you know, you're going to do it to another, like, a, a Hall of Fame pitcher um, who's, like, achieved more in his career than David Price had. Like, just, you know, give me a break. And, like, it, it would be one thing if David Price was lighting it up for the Red Sox on a consistent basis, but he was also doing bad. And uh, the whole thing looked bad. They, like, made him – he wouldn't apologize, and it's just like, what's wrong with this guy? Like – you you should have other things to worry about either like let it go or you know don't don't worry about what he says to begin with um so yeah, i yeah and it's, it's not like Dennis Eckersley said anything particularly egregious no, no. he just said Ugh. yeah exactly it's like yeah lighten up a little bit too like I, you used to be like this funny guy and now you have no sense of humor all of a sudden so um, yeah, my opinion on David Price changed a lot after all of that, and uh, I couldn't give less of a shit that he won Comeback Player of the Year. 
Uh, no, and his numbers weren't even that good. I mean, he won he won 16 games, but nobody looks at wins anymore. He had a 3.58 ERA and 176 innings, so I guess they must and only 177 strikeouts. Yeah, so I guess I guess they may have been hurting for comeback players of the year in the AL that year. Yeah, I, I seem to recall that in 2017 they had pulled him from the the rotation. Uh, and he had been kind of pitching out of the bullpen. So, like, they were just happy to, like, get some contribution back from him, I guess. And, yeah, that warranted a comeback player of the year uh, nod for him, I guess. But, uh, yeah, anyway, he uh, he, he could have left for all I was concerned. Uh, so, screw David Price. He could have left and never came back. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's that. Um, you ready for my, my number two, Jack? Yeah, let's, let's hear it. All right, number two, Jack. I got to say you spoiled it a little bit earlier on, but uh, that's okay. Uh, because I'll say this. I'm surprised that none of it, we haven't had duplicates yet uh, so far. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you don't have my number one. Uh, okay. But um, uh, my number two is Buster Posey. Oh, yeah, Buster Posey. Yeah, sorry, Jeremy. I, I kind of <laughs> just, like, poo-pooed that one. So uh, there we go. No, nah, it's all right. I think, I, think, um, I mean – the the Buster Posey injury is monumental, kind of like to modern day baseball in a, in a sense because it it it, spar- it sparked a whole uh, rules change. Yeah, yeah, it, yes, it did. Yeah, nobody changed the rules when uh, Pete Rose barreled over Ray Fossey. No, they lauded him for it for ruining a guy's <laughs> career in an All Star game. Um, but uh, he was like, "Oh, that guy plays hard. He ruined that guy's career." But uh, good for him. He hustles a lot. Um, anyway, hope he doesn't turn into an asshole later on in his career. Um, anyway, right, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, Buster Posey just got obliterated by. Can you name the guy who barreled him over, Jack? Uh, I cannot, Jeremy. Who was it? Uh, I I don't I couldn't either. But he was some bum with the uh, Marlins. I I want to say his name was Scott Cooper, but that was a guy with the uh, the. Um, uh, Red Sox back in the nineties. It was something sure. Scott something or Scott Cousins was his name. Scott Cousins. Oh God. Yeah. So a fucking guy like Scott Cousins, you know, take that for what it's worth. We don't know who the hell he is anymore. I couldn't even name him. Like almost ruined the career of a like a budding like star catcher in Buster Potential Posey. Hall of Fame catcher. Yeah, exactly. Like just you know the future like is bright. The sky you know was the limit for this kid, and he gets barreled over by this bum. Uh, and it's and I will also say that I had fantasy baseball implications. I had this guy. I had him on my team. Um, so it was devastating to lose him because I figured like because I'm in a keeper league and he was a he was, it was a franchise you know a dynasty keeper at, at catcher which is a tough position of roster so I was all kinds of bitter about it but uh, you know that withstanding he he is you know one of the offensive star catchers in the league at, at that point and uh, you know so he he it looked real bad for him. Um, and he came back and had a monster year. So 2012 is the year that he won uh, comeback player of the year. And uh, his 20, uh, 2012 numbers, uh, 24 homers, 103 RBIs, uh, 336 led the league in batting average that year. Um, and uh, just, you know, came back with authority. Uh, luckily, you know, was able to fully recover from that. And he's still catching to this day. I mean, He's not who he used to be, and some maybe could argue that that injury maybe took some years of, uh, you know, impact off of his career. I don't know, um, uh, but because uh, he's only thirty three right now, and he, you know, I, it's hard to say for a catcher. I mean, you'd hope that he would have, you know, still be being productive, but he hasn't been super right the last couple of years, so. No, he hasn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jeremy, most of his value is as a uh, as a good hitting catcher, you know. So I mean, that's why, like, you know, that when they moved Joe Maurer to first, he, he lost most of his value because he just became a a singles hitting first baseman. Yeah. Um, I mean, Posey Posey had more more power, or you know, has more power, had more power than um, than Joe Maurer. But yeah, uh, I, I agree that he seems to have tailed off in recent years. So yeah, um, yeah who knows? Maybe he's still got another a good good year or two left in the pipeline maybe uh maybe he'll do a chris carpenter you know maybe he'll be a <laughs> uh, comeback player of the year twice who perhaps uh yeah or until at least the next scott cousins comes up uh, <laughs> rounding third heading for home um so yeah so anyway uh I, but again like uh yeah so the comeback player of the year i mean that that like a devastating injury that god that injury the video of that injury is so nasty how his like leg got tied up under him and he just kind of rolled around and yeah so the, and the rule change that they changed uh, because of that was you can't uh, barrel into a catcher who doesn't have the ball or who uh isn't uh making a, a you know doesn't have a play basically 
Uh, I mean, honestly, yeah. the catcher has to be out of the line, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, they changed yeah. the whole rule because of it. Uh, nobody uh, nobody told Jake Marisnik that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. yeah, we should do it. We could do a whole episode, Jeremy, on just uh, just like bums who barreled over catchers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the funny thing about that, Jack, was um, I was at the uh, not it's not it's not funny. It's a fun fact, really. But uh, I was at the oh, the 2011. I was at a uh, NL. CS game uh, with the Cardinals and the Dodgers in 2011, and there was a there was a collision at the plate, um, and uh, you know that I feel like they ended the season. Uh, you know, they at the end of that season they changed the rule, and I was thinking like, oh man, I might have saw the last clean collision at home uh, in a game, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like uh, you know, and then yeah, but yeah, of course, yeah, you have your Drake Marisnicks, who I would put into the same category as the Scott Cousins, <laughs> maybe. Right. Marisnik has been around, a, has done slightly more than a Scott Cousins, but uh, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, yeah, certainly there's a whole list of bums I'm sure that that have injured, you know, perfectly serviceable catchers. <laughs> um. All right, Jeremy. So number one for yep. me is my boy Casey McGee. All uh, right, all was. right. Yeah, yeah. Number uh, 2014 for the Miami Marlins. Casey McGee uh, hits McGee. 60 games. Yeah, 160 games. Yeah, Tits McGee. Right, 160 games, four home runs, and 76 RBIs, and a 287 average. Um, yeah, Jeremy. I guess nobody informed him that when third basemen have more than 600 at bats, they should hit more than four home runs. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Casey McGee, uh, former Brewer. Uh, former Cub for nine games. Uh, had one good season with the Brewers where he hit 23 homers and drove in 104 runs. Um, and then he just completely fell off the map for years. I mean, for years. Like, he uh, he, he bounced around in 20, uh, you know, from 2012 to, you know, for, for the next, like, two, two three years. Uh, yeah, he just he basically just did nothing. And then uh, I think he spent one year uh, overseas, and then he came back. Uh, and he rose like a phoenix from the ashes, and he uh, he had that one more good season, and then he never uh, he never really did shit again after that. Yeah, exactly. I got a couple things to say about Casey McGee. Number one, I was gonna put him on my uh, number one on my list of non comeback players of the year uh, okay. because yeah, I it was surprising that he won it with hitting four homers. Uh, you know, say what you want about the obsession with you know, chicks dig the long ball, like in modern day baseball. Um, but four homers is a bit surprising, uh, for a comeback player of the year. I would get, I would say, um, yeah. but, uh, number one is it's hard for me to, I, I can't believe he only played nine games for the Cubs. I, I feel like Cubs Cubdom was devastated when we lost Casey McGee. <laughs> oh God. I, maybe it's just because I knew that he was on the Cubs and he, he then went to the Brewers and had some good years. Maybe, maybe that's really it. But, uh, you know, um, and I can't remember if he was, uh, I want to say the Cubs lost him on waivers to the Brewers. Okay. Um, but I, I remember being a little salty that he, you know, was with the Brewers and he, he had been with the Cubs and yeah, he had some good numbers there for a couple of years. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I do, uh, I did, I, I will say, you know, and I think that this was for the 2014 season. Maybe they were like, he was like the uh, final man vote, uh, for, he was in the voting for final man, uh, for the all-star team. And they, you know, did, they do online, uh, you know, campaigns to get these guys voted in. Um, yeah. and so the like Marlins hashtag for him was hits McGee. Um, which is a take on Tits McGee from uh, from uh, Anchorman. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool, I have to say. And, um, you know, that made me like him a little more. Uh, and uh, But, you know, he didn't stick around long enough for that to become a uh, well-known nickname. Uh, it, although it is uh, immortalized on Baseball Reference, good, to, like, happy to see. Oh yeah, that's a little uh, that's a little uh, saucy for baseball reference. Uh, <laughs> it is. But I, I like that it's on there. Yeah, I know. I like it. So um, uh, maybe uh, you, maybe we should do an all. We should make a note of this too. We should do an all nickname team. I like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. We should definitely do that. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, what what was the guy from last week? The Deacon. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Warren Newson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I was going to say, Jeremy, we could dig into where, where they get the nicknames, but I think we saw with Warren Newsom that it's not always easy to find that. 
Yeah, no, exactly. If um, you know, if the, we'll we'll call off the search if we see that they played for the White Sox at any point or <laughs> Yeah, we'll get, yeah, we'll just know that Hawk Harrelson gave them the nickname. Yeah, for no good reason whatsoever. Um <laughs> All right, Jack. Well, cool. This is I I got to say um it's kind of astonishing that we had no duplicates on our list. I got to that that's mind-blowing to me. Yeah, um, that was yeah. I was worried about that, Jeremy. But hey, here we go. So uh, I'm excited to hear your number one. Uh, I mean, number one. I mean, this might be chalk. Um, you know, uh, but for pe- anyone who hasn't looked at this list, um, you know, leading into it, uh, it'll be a nice little nugget. But uh, my number one uh, on my list is 2018's National League Comeback Player Player of the Year, uh, uh, Johnny Venters. Oh yeah, Johnny Venters, Jeremy. Let's hear about him. So Johnny Venters. Um, I'll I'll say this. I know Johnny Venters as the guy who kind of came up the same year that Craig Kimbrell came up, and they were like a one-two punch out of the Atlanta Braves uh, bullpen. Yeah. And Venters was like lights out, and like and again, I have fantasy implications. I had Johnny Venters on my fantasy team, and uh, I I was hoping he would become the closer because I wanted to get those saves. Uh, luckily, my fantasy league does holds as well, so uh, he was able to contribute that way. But um, but it's kind of interesting what happened that you know the the disparate paths that him and uh, Craig Kimbrell took. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, so basically, um, he was a pretty good reliever out of the bullpen for the Braves um, up until 2012, and then he did not appear again in a major league game until 2018. Yeah, doesn't um, even look like he was in the minors either. I don't know what happened to him. Well, he had three Tommy John surgeries. Oh Jesus! From probably from 2013 to 2016. Yeah, basically. Um, Jesus. So it was. Uh, I mean, really bad. And like, I mean, you know, Johnny Ventures is not the name that some of these other guys are. Uh, but the the sheer things that he overcame, and then actually, you know, had a good um year in 2018. Uh. Let's see. Um, he uh, he came back and uh, pitched. Yeah, split time between the Rays and the Braves. Um, appeared in fifty games, had three saves, uh, three sixty-seven ERA. Um, so he was a serviceable reliever. He was well. He was good enough for the uh, Braves to try to acquire him from the uh, Rays. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I think like he just doesn't get any better than this. The other thing about Johnny Venters is that he appeared in three games for the 2019 uh, Washington Nationals, and uh, he's, he's get a ring. Yeah, he has a ring. I, 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 I'm guessing that those Nationals don't have their rings yet. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe they maybe they mailed them to them. Hopefully the guys like set them aside for a couple days. You know, uh, just you're not sure. Uh, you know, with with everything going around the COVID, yeah. you're not. You know, I guess they say you don't want to be picking up your mail, right? I don't know, Jeremy. But any, anyway, <laughs> no, no, yeah. that's a that's a I salient that, point, Jack. That's a salient point. I bet he he let it mellow, you know, for a couple of days in maybe right. in his uh, you know, by his front door before opening it. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say, I I thought you were gonna say that they're hopefully you know keeping them nice so they can bring them back for eventually when baseball returns, they can have a ring ceremony. Uh, they'll have to bring them back to the stadium, and you know, someone's gonna for you know uh. Denard or Denard or like a Wil, Wil, Wilmer Diffo is going to forget his at home and then he's right. going to have to, you know, just accept like a box of Kleenex or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so um, yeah. So Johnny Venter's a uh, nice postscript. Honestly, Johnny Venter's, I think you should probably sail off into the sunset at this point. You came back from th- three Tommy John surgeries, you had a good year, get a ring Maybe just hang it up, man. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he it looks like he's uh, yeah, thirty four at this point. So uh, you know, I don't know. If, I don't know if he's still trying to play Jeremy. But uh, yeah, that that's a really good story. A guy who uh, who spent six full years out of the major leagues uh, to come back and win that award. Uh, you know, I think that's kind of what comeback player of the year is all about. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, uh, yeah, it's uh, almost like a uh, the rookie type uh, of a comeback story. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, we'll see, but, um, but yeah, so Johnny Venters, uh, had, to, I had to give him my number one there, uh, just for no, that. that. That's a good one, Jeremy. And I, I was going to make some joke about, uh, when we were, you know, on the nationals tangent, some joke about like Kurt Suzuki wearing a make America great again, hat, <laughs> or, uh, maybe just something a little bit more timely, but I, I don't know. I had nowhere to go with it. So I didn't mention, it. I just wanted to say that I had the thought. Well, I would I would guess um, if Kurt Suzuki's uh, actions and feelings towards the quarantine align at all with his uh, political 
uh, or his, his headwear choices, let's say. Uh, I would guess that Kurt Suzuki is on a crowded beach in Hawaii somewhere surfing and c- contracting the coronavirus. Or at least <laughs> yeah, spreading yeah. it to people who are will eventually die from it. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Jeremy, maybe at like the ring ceremony, he'll, uh, you know, he'll he'll wear a shirt that says like anyone who wants a ring can get a ring or something like that, <laughs> you know. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so there you go. Um, there's uh, the list. Uh, I want to do just a couple also rands, Jack. I can okay, make this sure. make this quick. Uh, 2016, Mark Trumbo won the. Uh, yeah, he hit like 50. 50 home runs or something like that. I remember that year. Yeah. And honestly, you know, it seems to me like Mark Trumbo essentially was coming back from just being on the Arizona diamondbacks. Cause I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really see anything that I, I think that they must've just given it to him based on the sheer, like damage he did that year, as opposed to the year before. Right. Because I think, yeah, from what I recall, like, yeah, I mean, uh, he played he played 142 games uh, the previous season, split between the Diamondbacks and the Mariners. So it seems to me like they just took pity on him for playing for those two franchises. They're like, well, let's give this guy comeback player of the year. He suffered through a lot. He had to <laughs> play for the Mariners and the D-backs, I guess. Um, so that also, good God, man, like what what happened to Mark Trumbo? Apparently he played in 12 games last year, but like, that's a guy that's a name that I haven't like thought about and like could have been out of the the league for for four years as far as I knew but uh yeah, yeah. since that 47 homer season the guy just disappeared well he Jeremy's playing on some really bad Baltimore teams so I think that's what happened to him yeah I guess maybe uh maybe uh it got it got worse I guess yeah maybe uh, he'll maybe he'll get on a different team next year you know he'll get on like the uh you know the the Yankees or something and they'll be like well you know you you're on the Yankees so like congrats for getting out of Baltimore like here's comeback player of the year yeah exactly um, for the same reasons as we gave it to you before right uh, um so let's see Brad Lidge got it in 08 who admittedly had a really good year that year for the World Series champion uh, Philadelphia Phillies but again it seems to me like it was it this didn't happen in 07 but it happened in 05 i believe where Pujols just completely destroyed him with that home run uh in the playoffs and so it seems to me like he was he was awarded comeback player of the year for like coming back from that you know and i only say that like in partial jest because like it seemed to me like he was like you know destroyed by Pujols um after that home run and his career kind of took a downswing and came he came back and was good for the for the Phillies there so so there was that. And then uh, the last one that I have on my list of also rands was 2001 Ruben Sierra won oh, comeback Ruben player. Sierra. Yeah. And it's like, that's a guy who it's like, God, that guy played in 2001. <laughs> yeah. No, that, uh, I mean, I, I seem to remember him from being a, an 80s, 90s guy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and yeah, if you look at his numbers before that, like, yeah, he like, oh, let's, let's see here. So he put, he appeared in uh okay he did 142 games in 1996 split between the Yankees and the Tigers, uh okay. in 97 he appeared in 39 games 98 27 games did not play in 99 20 games in 2000 and then 94 in 2001 so the guy like and this is like in his 30s so like the guy like I don't know if those were all injury years or he just kind of bounced around and was barely hanging on or what but like. Um, he suffered many years of down, you know, swing. And then, yeah, I mean, actually didn't even really even have that great of a year in 01, but, uh, I guess they figured the longevity for longevity's sake. I mean, he did, I will say he, he bounced from like one home run to 23 home runs, uh, 233 average to 291. Again, at, at, this is at age 35 after having like, yeah, four years of, you know, nothing. You got to wonder if he had a little help, um, <laughs> Right, especially in two thousand one, but uh, but yeah, so he didn't make my list. If if there was no steroid concerns, uh, he probably would have made my my list. But um, but yeah, but uh, I just thought that was interesting, just that he was still playing at that point in his career. Yeah, did he play after two thousand two? Um, yes, he did. Uh, two thousand two, he he played in two thousand four at age forty with the Twins for fourteen games. Oh wow! Okay, so there wow. you go. <laughs> well, Ru- yeah, Ruben Sierra. That's a that's a good that's a good also ran. Uh, how many? What were uh, what were his homer numbers in two thousand one again, Jeremy? Um, twenty two, I think, or twenty okay. no twenty three homers in two thousand one. Okay, okay, not bad. Ninety four yeah, games. Sierra. 
That's kind of a, that's that name is a blast from the past, Jeremy. Yeah, for sure. I'll always remember his uh, 1988 uh, Donruss card. Um, that was a good one. Um, but uh, yeah, Jack. So um, that's that uh, for for the lists. Um, uh, you know, on the comeback, uh, you know, tip. I I hope the MLB comes back at some point this year. Let's hope so. There's certainly a lot of. Um, uh, plant like uh you know proposals put out there i was um you know i don't know i i had heard through the grapevine of uh some kind of diminished uh some bleak odds of baseball coming back this year at all um and then seemingly right after that i all these like kind of new proposals kind of came out of like how they can play and now it seems like there's a new one like every other day it seems like yeah, um, I mean, it, 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 now, now it seems like they're talking about putting the teams in like uh, three different divisions and, uh, you know, having them play fanless at their own stadiums. That, you know, that seems like probably the best option uh, as, you know, the restrictions get somewhat relaxed. Um, I'm certainly better than quarantining all the guys in Florida and Arizona and having them play there uh, in the extreme weather in both, uh, you know, in both those climates. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll be interesting, Jeremy. A lot of ideas are being bandied about, uh, bandied about. Um, uh, but none of them are official yet. So, so who knows? Sometimes I feel like when these, uh, stories get leaked, it's almost like the MLB is just trying to keep people talking about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Hopefully one of them comes to fruition. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but, uh, until then we'll, we'll still keep checking in with you and trying to keep baseball alive through, uh, some sort of, uh, discussion or looking back into the past, I guess. All right, I like it. Well, uh, for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Sikowski. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.